this is Kay, and you're tuned into The Wow Factor, where we have conversations to help you discover your wealth of wellness. Each week, we talk with passionate guests who are thriving in one of our five pillars. Live well, be well, move well, eat well, and dress well. Listen in as we dive into The Wow Factor. This week, back with us in the studio, we have Dr. Miles and Jody of People's Rising Academy. Dr. Miles and Jody have been on with us before, and we are so excited to be featuring them once a month, answering your questions of health and wellness. Forget the search engines. We've got a doctor in the house, you guys. We're so excited. We're happy to introduce Jody and Dr. Miles. How's it going, you guys? Hey, Kayla. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Well, doing some social distancing while still doing this. So yeah, it's it's going good. Yeah, wish we could have been in studio with you, but this is just the next best thing, right? <laughs> you know, we do what we got to do, and um, at times of things like this, at least we have our um, at least we have our connections still, which is really great. Right, right. How uh, how are you doing with being kind of locked in and having to change your lifestyle with everything? You know, it started out really tough and I kind of I I try to take the tough days with grace and just know that okay if I'm feeling tough today or I'm feeling kind of like out of sorts or uncomfortable the next day is going to be better so it just like embracing that mindset really helped me Um, I try to keep active I try to keep my diet well I I don't you know I just I'm trying to like I took like a week the first week or two and it was really tough but I gave myself that and now I'm doing pretty good. So how about you guys? How are you guys coping? Uh, doing pretty well. Still uh, still working, I would say, part-time. I'm um, just kind of waiting. You know, we kind of run our business by whatever the state of North Dakota says or the U.S. government says. So I'm um, seeing a lot less patients, spreading everything out, screening patients before they come in. Um, just, you know, doing our best to stay open while still being smart, but we're kind of just prepared for anything. So just kind of flying by the seat of the pants. This is, this is new for everybody. That's so true. How about you, Jody? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I've had to reshift gears where how can I still reach people on the nonprofit side and how can we figure out funding and certain events that we can do? I, I did some, virtual event training and I've kind of been on that track learning learning ways that we can still reach people through social media so yeah so it's been fun but it's been definitely a, a change of direction because I was really out and about and in the public eye networking before and now it's like I'm at home but you can still still reach people so yeah it's been a lot of fun that's good you guys so yeah, I guess we're all kind of in this boat together. We're all dealing with this, you know, the COVID-19 going around. And I feel like we're all coping, but you know it has kind of had an effect on people's lifestyles, their health, thing of things have changed. So I feel like this topic of eat, sleep and poop is exactly what we need to cover in in with even in our daily lives alone or even with this going on right now. So I, I feel great about this, and I think Dr. Miles, this will be fabulous to touch on these topics. Yeah, the biggest thing that when we start with those three pillars, the eat, sleep, and poop, 
you know, I would say just eating because we spend more hours of the day awake and we're not pooping all those hours and we're not sleeping all those hours. So a lot of us turn to eating all those hours. <laughs> um, the, the biggest thing is to just really mix your foods. Unless you're on some strict vegetarian or um, carnivore, there's all, there's all these diets out there. The, the best thing people could do right now is to make sure that they cross carbohydrates with protein and fat to slow down the digestion, to slow down the cravings, and you know, find something to keep you busy because that hunger boredom is a real thing right now. You know, we're running out of Netflix series and documentaries, and we 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 just need to really focus in on what makes us feel good, and it's going to be food. It's just you need the best mix right now. It is not the best time to start a you know a fad diet or even a a new um, lifestyle change that that asks for drastic change. It's the time right now, you know, if I wanted to tell anybody to do anything is to start a Mediterranean type diet. That's not very drastic and that's not so far from the American diet. It's just where we, where it changes a lot is you need to go shop on the outside of the store and buy a lot more vegetables. And if you can do that, substitute vegetables in for some of your processed foods, you're going to already be on your way to eating a Mediterranean healthier diet. But I, I would, you know, just kind of seeing patients lately, seeing how people are responding, I would just hold off on any drastic change right now. I would make it easy. Um, I would start a Mediterranean style diet. They have these all over the internet. Um, I would just go to, you know, American. There's all kinds of associations, but just pick up the Nutrition Association of America and go check out their Mediterranean diet and, you know, just start there. And it does a great job at just keeping the blood sugar stable, keeping you feeling full and healthy and with lots of energy. And you can avoid some of those food cravings when you're eating a lot better. I absolutely agree with you there because and the Mediterranean diet is such a good, well-rounded diet. I feel like it can be adapted to pretty much, you know, any lifestyle, which is which is great. I love it. I love Mediterranean-style cooking and food. It's all the fresh and all the colors and all the tomatoes and the olive oil, all those healthy things and all those greens. Um, and I, I feel like, too, you know, in, in this time we're dealing with, you know, we, we have, we're told, you know, stock up, you know, get those canned foods, but I'm still buying the fresh stuff. And I feel like, you know, it just helps to keep, like, I crave salty carbohydrates, I crave sugar, I crave, you know, processed things, if I'm unhappy, which we're kind of all in those boat right now. So um, yeah, loading up on like the healthy carbs, like the sweet potatoes, quinoa, things like that. Um, have really helped me keep myself in check as well. So how about you, Jody? Well, I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm still eating healthy, even though everybody's like kind of in this panic a little bit where the food and, you know, there's a lot of takeout and stuff going on, but just be mindful, I guess, still of what you're ordering. You can modify things, you know, when you're supporting restaurants and stuff like that. Um, just you know, just try to still stick to that health conscious side. And I, I'm all about it. When I go to the grocery store, I, I'm worried the vegetables are going to, 
you know, be empty, <laughs> you know, the fresh veggies and stuff. And that, that's my go-to. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to continue down that path the best that I can. So we, we kind of have to, it's like, we can only deal with, you know, like, like, like I said, like I took that first week and I kind of like stumbled a little bit and I, you know, caved into a few cravings, but now I'm back at it, you know, and I get outside when I can you know in a safe safe distance from people but I try to when it's sunny out get out and run or you know try and just counteract some of the you know sedentary lifestyle that can come with you know the um the isolating and, and staying home so um but yeah I'm I'm really excited to kind of dive in a little deeper yeah you know being at home being stuck at home you know, there's going to be some things that come along, kind of like constipation, um, joints and stuff get achy. Everything just kind of slows down when you're at home. And, you know, your mind maybe speeds up while your body just kind of slows, slows down. So just getting some foods like flax, chia, pumpkin seeds, raisins, figs, all these things help get the bowels moving. All those things are great at getting just movement in the gut and making sure that we're going to the bathroom every day because you know a lot of our going to the bathroom is from within meaning we don't have to think about it but there's a good portion of it that comes from just movement alone and i would you know i'd recommend you know instead of starting the bad diet maybe start you know something you know like body pump or just get do something do some core work do just get moving because it's going to help out so much with that digestive issue of constipation and just the mindset of everything slowing down. So I'd really tell people to start mixing in some of those fibrous foods, some of those foods that bulk your stool, and um, it'll really help. And you don't have to try as hard to do all these creative things or, you know, get into a jam and start taking Miralax or Ducolaco, you know, all, all, all these different ways to get pooping. Really, you can just eat a little bit better and exercise a little bit more. It, it, really, it really helps to, again, going back to that Mediterranean style of getting an abundance of about everything and then add a little protein, add a little fat on top of that to slow it all down. That makes so much sense too. And I, I've even noticed like um, when I came home, I, you know, I just started a new job not too long ago and it was a sitting job. And I noticed my body reacting to that kind of negatively. And I was set up the other day. I decided to, this is where you guys are seeing me on camera. Now um, I am set up on my counter as a standing desk. I've got my, my desktop and my monitor, like, as a standing desk and it has i don't know if it's a placebo effect but in 24 hours time made a world of difference and i was trying everything and now it's like i just needed to stand and if i'm standing and i have my music on i kind of move around i kind of dance a little bit just naturally that's like my personality and it has helped so it's like how do we recommend a little bit more to people if they are in a sit-down job or they're at home right now what are some tips and tricks they can use to stand up a little bit more or to, to do a little bit more um, while they're working from home? Well, the, the standing desk is honestly been a huge blessing for me and I, I have one and I, 
sitting for me is just something I, I really try to stay away from. But I will stretch and, um, you know, do a little bit of yoga and just keep moving up and down or set a timer maybe on your phone that reminds you every like 15 minutes to get up or some of these watches like the uh, uh, fitness watches. I have one of those that you can actually have it where it vibrates to remind you to move like a movement monitor where I, I was just playing around with it the other day, actually, it was pretty neat. And so if you're sitting there and you kind of get into an email or you're working and then all of a sudden your wrist kind of vibrates and stuff, it's like, Hey, time to get up, you know, walk around a little bit, do a little bit of stretching. And you know, the other thing is I know a lot of people right now are struggling because they don't have the gym. They feel like I don't have a gym to go to. So then, you know, my life is ending. You know what I mean? I watched you, oh, yeah. Kayla. You look so cute. You were dancing the other day. And I'm just like, yeah. You know, she's in her little apartment there, whatever. And she's still getting it on with her exercise and her Zumba. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of these um, little fitness places, you know, they're offering free stuff online now. You know, like Fly Fitness. I know I was, uh, I watched her the other day. She was doing yoga. And I just kind of like, oh. I'm going to do yoga. So I jumped on the floor and threw my laptop on the couch. And, you know, so I think just don't get so stagnant, stagnant where you're stuck at home. This shouldn't be a gloomy situation. You know, take advantage of it and take a nap. Heck yes. <laughs> I took a, oh, I love naps. <laughs> <laughs> I took a 20 minute nap the other day and I'm just like, I felt great, you know, but, you know, but then I got up and got moving again. So just, just try to stay consistent with that. You know, there's some few tricks I can help you. Yeah, uh, just to chime in on that, I would say, you know, take your socks off, take the slippers off, quit being all cute, fuzzy, and warm. Fill the ground. Filling the ground and having contact and getting grounded is one of those things that, man, what is grounding? It's hard to prove, but man, you do feel better. You know, yeah, sometimes the floor is cold. Sometimes that, that bothers you, but get grounded. Take in a standing desk, take your socks off and just fill the ground. Do some toe raises. You know, I like to put newspaper on my feet and then I'll just crunch the newspaper and move the newspaper underneath my feet. Just, just work the muscles, work the receptors. Your brain knows where it's at in space now. It's doing a lot better. It doesn't have to see through shoes. It doesn't have to see through socks and it can focus on so many other things. So easy little fix to get your brain to worry less about where it's at because that's one of the most important things in neurology is just if your brain doesn't know where it's at, your eyes, your body, your posture starts doing some pretty wonky things just to kind of get, the, get an idea to make it feel more grounded and more centered. And that takes a lot of energy. It really does. And um, one thing I noticed too, the first day I did my standing, my standing desk setup, I, I, I noticed like how I would shift my weight and I would start to notice little aches kind of coming up. So today I put, I have a really nice yoga mat. This one of those really thick ones was industrial strength. And I put that down under my feet and I was barefoot. And then if I, it was good because it gave me a little bit of cushion and help with like the lumbar support and then whenever i felt a little like like i was getting stiff i could just like pop into a downward dog or i could do a plank or i could do a stretch and just like having that yoga mat has been just 
such a savior to have that thing at home. And like you said, like getting the feet grounded and then, you know, finding a little bit of stretching here and there. And I just felt so much better in the last two days. I feel more awake. I feel less, um, less depressed in my just energy levels. I felt so much better. And then I get up and dance. Like if a good song comes on, I, I get up and dance and I, I feel like it's so important. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of the other things Dr. Ross was talking about is I actually have a bag of marbles and I'll put them on the floor and then try to pick them up with your toes, like one by one once, you know, grab a marble, squeeze it and move it and like have a little bin you can drop it in. It's just, you know, it's, just, it's something <laughs> you wouldn't think you'd do, but it keeps your toes going and your feet and your, you know, like the mind connection to that. And it really does work. It's it's kind of fun too. You know, it can even get the kids involved. And the other thing is, you know, if you have stairs in your house, go run up and down them ten times. You know, like take a little break and just get your get your heart rate up a little bit. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things you can do. Get some bands at home. Um, you could do like foam rolling is just another relaxing thing that I do a lot, just for stretching and yeah. So just keep moving. That's so important. Yeah, you, you know, I'm just, I was looking through the viewer questions as you and uh, Jody were talking there. And I came across this one and it, it does fit the mold of what we're talking about. So this this question came in from a viewer and, um, and a listener, I should say. And uh, he or she asks, um, diet suggestions for acne and sensitive skin, what to avoid and what may help. So what brought my mind to this is just i'm imagining a lot of people packing on you know a couple pounds of weight around the belly watching some movies not showering getting oily <laughs> reinforcing it with some potato chips reinforcing <laughs> it with not cleaning the sheets and before you know it you know you've got pimples and it's just like all over the place but but really to to get into that question the number one thing i could say that you can just start tomorrow with acne is stop the yo-yo dieting or stop the yo-yo eating and what that means is you waking up and having coffee with a fig bar going to work and having whatever yogurt and then coming home and eating something small is going to put your body through a roller coaster ride of hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, probably more on the hypo side. And what that starts to do is it really starts to mess with your hormones. And a lot of acne nowadays is hormonal. I think it's been that way for a while. So what you'll see with um, her diet suggestions as far as acne goes is that blood sugar is so important because if you become, let's just say you're becoming kind of a, a two-week pre-diabetic, right? You're eating crappy, your insulin is going up, and things just, they're going down the hole of in 10 years, if you keep this lifestyle up, you're gonna have pre-diabetes or type two diabetes. So what that does is when you are going up and down with your diet, is your androgens, which is testosterone, and your estrogens, which is estrogen E1 through three, start getting a little goofy. And people that start to get a little hyperinsulinemia, hyper um, which just means insulin in your blood is going up, you're going to see 
that your body's testosterone, you become more androgenic. And when you become more androgenic, what that means is you're going to start to grow hair where you don't want it. You're going to start to get pimples where you don't want them. You know, whether you're a guy or a girl, you're going to start kind of looking like a, a boy going through puberty, you know, where, wherever you are. And that is, that is due to this imbalance between estrogen and testosterone. So the, the, best, the best quick thing you could do for acne is just get very consistent with your blood sugar because there are a lot of pre, pre-diabetics walking around and it's due to energy drinks. It's due to um, a lot of artificial sweeteners. It's due to a lot of this, this quick eating, high caffeine, high sugar, low caloric food eating. And that, that does lead to a lot of acne outbreaks on the back, on the face, on the chin. Mm-hmm. And just to even dive further into that question, the sensitive skin. That I don't worry about the sensitive skin so much in terms of we don't like to treat sensitive skin because sensitive skin to me is something's going on on the inside and you've lost your oral and your chemical tolerance. So you can't handle normal stressors. You know, for example, face lotion or face wash is a normal is a stressor. Your body has to recover from let's just say a salicylic acid treatment on your face, right? New skin cells are going to be put on, old skin cells are going to come off, and you have to reestablish that um, skin layer. Well, if you've lost your oral and chemical tolerance, you start losing your ability to heal your skin. So what I would say, what to avoid on the last part of the question, again, the question was diet suggestions for acne and sensitive skin what to avoid and what may help avoid the caffeine avoid the caffeine in conjunction with just a sugary meal and start getting your bowel movements going and you know the best thing i could say is try an elimination diet so you can do a mediterranean elimination diet and just remove dairy remove gluten and remove a food that every time you eat it, you get heartburn. Remove these foods that have these subtle symptoms and just see how you feel. Give it a couple weeks. Give it three weeks. You can still eat Mediterranean. You just eliminate some of these more pro-inflammatory foods. And it just so happens a lot of dairy, a lot of wheats, a lot of um, fillers, artificial fillers. And then there's some random ones out there that really just mess with people. So eliminate those foods and see if your body starts to feel better. And just to touch on one thing that we like to test and use in clinic, um, we like to use calcium deglucurate in clinic, but I would not suggest anybody using that for our listeners out there until you've had a GI map test or you've, you know, we're looking for certain markers to use that supplement, but just know that there is other ways to go. But I wouldn't just, you know, kind of shotgun approach it and throw everything at it. I would start with the blood sugar to stop the insulin from going up and down and to stop you from becoming more androgen dominant, meaning more testosterone than estrogen. So that's what I would say to that listener is start simple. Eliminate, 
continue with the Mediterranean, but make sure you're eating three, four times a day so your blood sugar doesn't throw off your hormone metabolism. That's some really great advice. And I, I kind of, um, I'm curious too, because there's one component that I feel a lot of women have struggled with in conjunction with this, and that is the incorporation of hormonal birth control. And um, that is something that I feel like I haven't personally been on hormonal birth control in almost 10 years, and I've felt much better being off of it, honestly. So if someone is, say, taking a hormonal birth control, how would they manage the, um, you know, where's their body's kind of adjusting to that? I know that's kind of a, it's kind of a big question, but, um, and there's a lot of research behind that. Um, but do you have any suggestions for something like that? Yeah, you, you know, the first question I was at, what I always ask is there seems to be two reasons why people take birth control nowadays, A, for acne, B, for avoiding pregnancy. Um, and then there's some other things that you can use birth control for, but those seem to be the most common that I see. You know, when it comes to that, and you're going to be estrogen dominant, let's just say, let's just do common sense about this because it's not always the case, but let's just say you're going to be more estrogen dominant. You know, this is where the blood sugar even becomes more important. And there's some things out there like seed cycling that you can do during all this. But I see so many of these cases come in, you know, and there are females that are 28, 29, and they're ready to have kids. But from 15 to 23, they were on birth control. You know, and it's crazy, because you do a, G, I've done GI maps of these people with just a stool test. And, you just see some crazy stuff in that, in that GI map test, and it just makes you wonder if the body can truly handle and get rid of all this estrogen. You know, there, there's some markers, and you really, you really came at me with a tough question without getting too, too involved in it, but some calcium deglucrate wouldn't be a bad a bad thing to use, but I, I would definitely seek out somebody that does functional medicine or um, a medical doctor that you know does some alternative therapies. Birth control is is a tough one to deal with because you either have it in your arm and you check it out every three months, or you take it every day, or it's a suppository depending on if you have other hormonal issues going on. The the issue is with birth control is you're just giving it every day you know so you almost need something to find that birth control and what I would make sure that you need to do is make sure your liver and your detox your phase one and phase two detox is working really well so things things like milk milk thistle things like calcium glucurate all these things that support phase one and phase two detox you have to make sure you're getting rid of it if you're if you're gonna stay on birth control for a longer period of time, you see a lot of issues 10, eight, 10 years down the road. And they're you know, they're not issues where you're gonna die, but they're they're just issues, right? They're they're abdominal obesity issues, they're pregnancy issues, they're well, since I went off it, my period hasn't been right for two years, and I've only 
you know, had a menstrual cycle once in the last two years since coming off birth control. There's, it, it, it's pretty wild. And what I would say, Kayla, is that person needs to seek out somebody that kind of knows what they're doing because we need to take some lab tests. We need to see, we need a story of what's happened over the last five to 10 years before I can really comment on any more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That's like, you know, it's, it's a big, um, it's a big, topic all in itself I feel like um that the topic of the hormones and the birth control and women's health that's a that's a huge thing and that's something like personally I'm working on right now too um but kind of getting gearing back to you know the digestion sleep and eating um do we have any other questions that you are feeling drawn to right now yeah so I had a question that came in i again i'm not sure if this was a guy or a girl but it just clinically it sounds like it sounds like a guy asked this question and i could be wrong but how about here's a question how about digestive issues after back surgery or a broken back nerve impingement issue what can a person do to help themselves with these issues um and again why i'm you know i'm not i'm not singling out any uh male or females here, but this is, this sounds like a lot of males I see in clinic. So that's why I'm kind of assuming it is, but if it's not, you know, it's, it it applies the same. When, depending on the surgery or depending on the injury, what, what you see for the most time, for the, well, most of the times is the back gets so tight following a surgery or following a broken back. And what happens is reflexively, your body clenches down. So you got your muscles that you can fill, and then you got your muscles in your pelvis that you can't fill. And you become just more toned. You become more sympathetic. Your core is tight, but you don't mean for it to be tight. Everything starts becoming tight. And what that does is it just slows down. It's called a somatic visceral reflex or it can be vice versa, constipation causing back, you know, back tightness your whole life that led to the surgery. Nonetheless, these reflexes are common. And what we see is that these surgeries can lead to chronic constipation even after people are done taking their back pain medication like opioids and whatnot, which do lead to constipation. So to help this person with digestive issues to me i'm guessing they're really tight and i'm guessing everything about them is very stiff i would find something in terms of yoga in terms of a a light exercise and just get moving and i bet a lot comes around now if they were i have no history on this person but let's just say you know usually people that have surgery you know, they haven't really, you know, they've kind of just been, I'm going to get through this. My back is going to heal. My back is going to heal. And they've kind of put it on the wayside. So maybe they put diet on the wayside too. And really quick fix is just adding some fiber, getting water intake up. And these people respond pretty well, actually. I, I've seen a lot of this in clinic, post-surgery, or even stopping people from getting surgery. And you just got to calm down the inflammation. And the inflammation from tight muscles, from 
poor posture from poor movement, all the way from the inflammation of you go to the you poop every three days. You know, when you're that wound up on the inside and not wound up on the outside, you're not gonna be going to the bathroom. So to address surgery after a broken back, um, what I would say is A, get moving before you even start eating. Just move. And when you start moving, you're gonna become hungry. And when you get hungry, then you need to start injecting yourself with good food. And just like I said, that Mediterranean diet is just really it's phenomenal. And if this, you know, again, if this person's never tried elimination, I would eliminate those foods that I, that I talked about, those um, the gluten-containing grains and other gluten-containing products, dairy, and anything else that causes issues. I would eliminate those. I would, you know, try to lose some weight if you know you're a little overweight. And I just bet that you'll you'll be fine. You know, granted, we don't have any labs. We don't have a colonoscopy. Um, the surgery went well. And there was no other issues. I really think this person would be fine. And again, just if you don't want to seek out care, what I would say is just do some yoga, do some light exercise. No reason to start CrossFit after a broken back. So do something light and do something easy like the Mediterranean diet. And geez, this these these resolve and respond really well. They really do. That's really great advice. I love like starting simple, starting, you know, just the, the simplicity of movement in, in your morning or, you know, getting the body going without having, you don't have to like run a marathon in the morning. You can do some simple movements and that's such great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Jody, did you want to add anything to that? Well, just the, that I know for a fact that the moving does help. Um, and you know, I'll go to the chiropractor or uh, get some stretching done just to kind of help move my body sometimes, but which works for me. But I, I just notice when you start to get stiff, you start to get tight and I'm not like walking right. And then I'm walking, you know, my body isn't being fluid as it moves. And, and then it starts to affect my insides and my ball movements. And, you know, that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a struggle. You know, that should be something that just comes naturally. You don't even have to think about it. You go, you know, once a day or whatever, and mm -hmm. it just shouldn't be a struggle. So I guess just to back up that, the get moving part, that's that's probably the most important, like Dr. Miles said, and then get that inflammation down. And that goes back to your diet. What are you, what kind of fuel are you putting in your body? You know, and, and so that's why we would just want to keep educating people on the effects of a lot of that process food and, and what it does to you and, and how it can affect you because it really can affect your the neurological part of your body you know and once we get that under control then you can get into crossfit or you know things like that if that's what you want to do but yeah don't just get into some crazy workout protocol if you're not well on the inside because you got to get that healed first and then you can add those other things and you know i just wanted to mention kayla you know if the viewers didn't know, I I am a chiropractor. Um, I practice functional medicine. I practice functional neurology, and all kinds of rehabilitation programs. There is no evidence out there 
that suggests that, at least that I know, that suggests that a chiropractic manipulation to your low back will help you poop. Okay, I want that out there. That you, you probably can't go on PubMed and find that. And I fully acknowledge that. Um, I will tell you though, a lot of patients, you know, and especially guys, especially guys, after getting adjusted and after going home for an hour or so or going back to work, they will email me and they're hilarious emails and they'll just like, Dr. Miles, I dropped the biggest bomb. I feel so relieved, Dr. Miles. I just, I felt like my entire insides and all these, did I just drop like a child into the toilet? Like all these things, you know, and um, there, yeah. And, and it happens. We, we see it. We can't, you know, I don't know the exact pathway and I could guess, but I'm not going to guess. I'll just speak for my patients and I know that I am speaking for them, that some people respond really well to adjustments. And it's usually the people that sit. And it's usually the people that sit for, you know, three, four hours at a time before even moving. And just the release of tension in their low back is usually enough to stimulate, you know, these huge bowel <laughs> movements. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just want to put the air out there or clear the air, I should say, that there's, you know, there's really no evidence out there that suggests that. And I can only report on what my patients see and what I see. And for the most of the time, I've seen it across the board, but males tend to get that response. And maybe females just don't want to email me or tell me about it. <laughs> but it's real thing, real thing. And I, and I can tell you, I didn't address the one question the other question in that guy's um, statement, he said something or he or she said something about nerve impingement um, in that previous um, listener's question. So I'll address that real quick. Imagine having a tack inside your shoe and walking around on it all day. You know, you're going to get jacked up. You're going to feel pain every time you move. And with that, you know, see, see a chiropractor, see a physical therapist, see acupuncture. Just, just choose and, and just start doing something mm -hmm. and get moving. But what that impingement does is it jacks up your cortisol. And cortisol is just a mean, mean thing for the gut and for the brain. And we see that we see that excessive cortisol really, you start to see that blood-brain barrier and gut barrier compromise. And that can lead to a lot of the slower digestion. As these chronic states of elevated cortisol, they they just wreak havoc on people. So Again, with the nerve impingement and the post-surgery, the biggest thing to do, to do is A, find the, find the cause. And it's usually from lack of movement, things get stiff, things break down, arthritis sets in to try to stabilize, and it just leads to this process that builds on itself and over and over and over. Before you know it, you have nerve impingement because you have a bony spur or a disc pushing against a nerve root in your low back. So what caused that needs to be addressed. And likely what caused that was lack of movement, a weak core, weak legs, uh, probably a combination of all of it. Or what I've seen lately in a couple guys is some underlying diverticulosis, some underlying IBS. These are gut conditions that lead this silent inflammatory syndrome. 
in your gut that slowly, slowly just wind your muscles tighter and tighter and tighter. And eventually something's going to give. Well, your muscles aren't going to give because they have elasticity and they can kind of spring. But your bones and your, and your discs are going to give and your joints are going to give. So to answer that question in a nutshell, fix what caused the issue in the first place, unless it was a traumatic injury. You know, you can't fix that, but fix what caused the issue in the first place and then get rid of the inflammatory load from the outside and the inside. That is a great answer. And it kind of like leads me to a spinoff question. We talk a lot about, I've been hearing a lot about cortisol. I know I have, I can just almost feel it because like when I'm stressed out with a work project or something and I can just feel that cortisol or I can feel that tension rising and I can feel my body kind of constrict. What are some ways we can alleviate or maybe lessen that cortisol in our bloodstream to begin with? Do you have any tips on that? Yeah, so uh, cortisol, what cortisol is used for is A, it's part of our circadian rhythm. So with that whole sleep thing that we'll just kind of slide into here while I answer your question, is cortisol is that instant burst in the morning. Uh, you shut your alarm or probably in Kayla and Jody's case, snooze, snooze, snooze. Okay, wake up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but that's what gives us that initial shot of big time blood sugar increase. Right, that's that holy I'm awake. And then the cortisol just slowly is quiet, it tapers off, and we really never should hear about it ever again. But when we get stressed and our adrenals get stressed, we start releasing catecholamines, which is epinephrine, norepinephrine, and we get the cortisol coming up. Because usually when we're stressed, we're not eating, or we're eating crappy food, so our blood sugar is going up and down, and cortisol is trying to maintain a good, healthy blood sugar. So it just silently starts to elevate. The best thing for reducing cortisol is you can use melatonin to buffer it. Now you have to, you can be kind of crazy with melatonin because it's relatively safe. That's, but I'm not suggesting be crazy, but you can definitely go and buy a starter kit at Walmart of melatonin and uh, just, you're probably pretty, you know, you're gonna be okay. No, for the most part, but melatonin is a great buffer to cortisol. So that's one way to start it. I've had some people do uh, melatonin things for a week straight where they'll do a drop under the tongue or a milliliter under the tongue every waking hour for a week during the day too. And these people, it totally can change their life. The hard part is, is just staying to it. So that's, those are your chronic situation stress where a, somebody comes in, they're like, I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. Well, I was like, well, go out, let's go on this diet. Let's start. And they get stressed about that. So I, I pumped the brakes and I'm like, listen, we're just going to do this melatonin thing. We're going to do it every hour of every day for seven days. That's, that's a good one to try. Another one supplement wise to try is phosphatidylserine which is found in a lot of creams. It's found in some, um, it's mixed with some supplements like valerian root, passion flower, all these sleep aids that can be useful in the short term, but we want to ultimately fix the underlying problem. But just remember cortisol is responding to a situation. So you can use melatonin, you can use phosphatidylserine, but if you can't eliminate 
the stress. I I can't help. No, nobody can help you. Mm-hmm. And because the stress isn't because you were born with excessive cortisol, right? You weren't born that way. It develops over time, and it develops from not sleeping right, not eating right, not pooping right, and eventually it just builds up where now now you're constantly getting these hot flashes, you're getting adrenaline surges, you're getting blood sugar spikes and crashes. Um, you have to remove the stressor. You have to remove the stressor. And sometimes that's a friend, sometimes that's an activity, sometimes it's a job, but if you can't manage it, or get, you have to get rid of it. That's that's what I'm gonna say. The best advice for helping with cortisol. No, we cannot do stuff and find. Sometimes cortisol's up because people are anemic, and sometimes oh. cortisol's up because people have underlying conditions. I see this a lot with, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old females is anemia from heavy heavy menstrual cycles, which is from estrogen dominance, from mm-hmm. birth control, from <laughs> coffee drinking and yogurt eating donuts and all that so mm-hmm. we can dive into we you know we should think just thinking about it, we should do a female reproductive talk it, it'd be really good and a male yes. reproductive talk i think then i could get a little crazy into the research and to the science which relates with probably a lot of people because if you're suffering from those problems you probably research those problems so oh, might yeah. be something to consider um but just again going back to the cortisol is if you have an underlying anemia and you're constantly stressed because you're fatigued and you're blasting yourself with caffeine to stay caffeine to stay awake, yeah, e- easy fix, easy fix. Now, taking iron can cause constipation issues, and there's tricks to lessen that. But if you're not delivering the basic goods of oxygen, glucose, and um, met- methylation products and anti-inflammatories, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be stressed, so basic lab work can really reveal an underlying low ferritin, an underlying low serum iron. And this, these anemias are fun to fix because it's two weeks later and you got this you know, pretty happy female coming in. She doesn't care that she can't poop. She doesn't care that you know she's got a zit the size of Mount Olympus on her forehead. She just cares that she has energy <laughs> and she isn't bouncing around. And then we work on the other stuff, but the basic foundation of oxygen, glucose, and you got to have iron to carry that oxygen, and you got to have stimulation to take your socks off. If you don't have the basic goods that stimulate neurons and stimulate cells, there's no sense in going to all these crazy functional medicine or diets because you're still just going to suffer and you're going to burn out and you're going to get frustrated and your cortisol is going to go up even more. Oh, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the simplest way to address cortisol is knock it down in the short term with melatonin, with blood sugar stabilization, with phosphatidylserine, and some of these other valerian roots and um, passion flower products. But long term, you have to eliminate the stressor. You have that's to eliminate so true. the stressor. I feel like, I feel like in this... Um, even like some like some cognitive behavioral therapies or um i've been researching some ashwagandha um haven't tried it yet but like 
things like that, or even just moving, like getting off your chair and getting some movement in and trying to get off the screen for just a couple of minutes. I am so glad you brought up the behavior therapy because there's such a bad um, stigma about it, unless you're a person that's gone through it and you realize, wait, I'm not crazy. I was just doing something over and over and over again, expecting, you know, different results. You know, that's that ins old famous insanity quote. But CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, my gosh, lifesaver for a lot of people. We, some people only see through the small funnel and they don't see what's going on. Man, behavioral therapy is amazing. And you're not, you know, it gets a bad stigma, but I'm just going to come out and say, you're not a nut job for going. You're not losing your mind for going. You're going because you're stuck in a rut. You're perseverating about the same thing and you just want different results. But you're, man, I'm so glad you brought that up, Kayla. Therapy is so good and gets a bad, bad stigma, you know, unless you've gone through it and you realize, wait, I'm not crazy. I was just stubborn, yeah. <laughs> dumb stubborn. Mm -hmm. that's, how I, that's how I feel too. And I look at it, it's, it's a workout for your brain. It's just a, it's just a training of your brain. And it's something, I have a book on it because I struggle with OCD and I struggle with health anxiety. And whenever I start to go down that rabbit hole, I get out my book and I start reading because it's a, it's a keeping it simple and starting with the brain and starting with just simple tactics and getting healthy habits developed. That's pretty much in a nutshell what it is. It's not any like weird stuff like do, 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 do. It's just some really great tactics to help you um, get your mind back on track. Um, I think Jody wants to say something, but before we do, let's let's get to our last question here as we start to wrap this up. So last question, and maybe we can all chime in on this one because I'm sure we all have some strategies or at least know a friend that uh, went through it. So last question, I'm a healthy individual who eats right and stays active, yet I've been suffering from digestive issues, the stucks. I'm guessing that means she's constipated <laughs> for about six months. What am I missing? So assuming that the stucks mean constipation, which is awesome. I'm definitely going to use that for somebody. Um, right away, you know, you, if you look good, feel good, but you just aren't pooping good, this is where you just go to your primary care. Let, let's get some basic labs. You know, there's likely something going on unless it's that old stress syndrome, right? So what I would, what I typically see in this, these underlying issues that are somewhat easy or somewhat long-term to resolve is I see estrogen, I see hypothyroid, I see previous history of anorexia, bodybuilding, seen that a lot, um, just that mentality about your body, excessive use of laxatives, another one that's common, just overusing laxatives, and in my profession, over-prescribing enemas, these things, these burn out your enteric nervous system and your vagal system and your gut, and you lose the ability to poop after a while. Um, I'll, I'll come back to a little sad story about that in a second. But IBS, which is related to stress, antidepressants, iron, too much fiber, diabetes, those are the common ones I see. And if, this, if I'm answering this to a male, what I usually see with males is, again, long-term back pain. They're just way too tough for their pain until they're not too tough. <laughs> diet, 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 
we, you know, males tend to have that higher metabolism to eat what we want. And then reporting, we look like crap, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, I did have a colon cancer patient earlier this year that actually metastasized to his brain. And he started having verbal stuff and we got him in and I was like, holy, I, I bit off, you know, more than I was looking for. I knew there was something going on in the cut, but I had no idea it was in his head too. You know, um, diverticulitis and the big sneaky one is that early onset Parkinson's. See that a lot. Um, a lot of slowed down gut motility with Parkinson's. Um, but those, those are the common reasons. So to answer that question, what is this person missing? You're probably missing an underlying metabolic factor, which means a lab work, or you haven't quite you know, looked at your history good enough. But often, again, oftentimes there's something underlying. There is something underlying. And if it's a thyroid issue, it's easily fixed. Some people need thyroid hormone. But most people just need to de-stress because that thyroid is burning out. And that's a quote word. It's not a scientific word, so I don't want to be mistaken for burnout. But the thyroid is just picking up all the slack for a stressful situation. So to answer that, what are you missing? It's probably something you can't see. Mm-hmm. It's probably something you can't feel. So you need to see it on a test. You need to see it on lab work. And if that's still not there, then there's some things we can do. Um, I like to get people to write a whole history, a timeline, and just go on the timeline and start showing me what happened at various stages. And kind of, it works pretty good to go through that. But yeah, I, I, I think you're missing something that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And what you can't see, you need to test for. And what you need to test for is your anemias, is your thyroid, is your, you know, your irritable bowel diseases, you know, your diverticulosis, uh, diverticulosis, sorry. Um, and probably the, one of the most common ones is just food allergies. Mm-hmm. You know, if this person has a little bit of loss of balance, um, some rashes on their body that they don't know where they come from, they kind of wax and wane. To me, this sounds like it's an intolerance to food and you're losing your oral tolerance in your gut. And you're going to, when you lose your oral tolerance, you start to see these disorders manifest on the skin. Or like I said, with balance, manifest in the cerebellum, which is an area of your brain that makes you coordinated so you don't fall over when you walk. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty sure that if this person has done everything they can and they're healthy, and they're just rocking and rolling. They're just like, geez, I just can't get it. And their stress is low. They have a great life besides normal stress. It's probably something they can't see. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I would get on that, you know, as soon as you can. Because the longer you wait, the more time it takes to uh, to surpass and to treat that. Because your body's at, during all this is learning how to compensate. Your body's compensating this whole time, and it's reinforcing bad pathways. It's reinforcing bad thought processes. It's reinforcing bad habits because you're trying to do everything you can to fix your problem when it actually just might be something that you just can't see, like I said. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I would say to that person is get some lab work. Get some lab work ASAP. And if, if they have, I, I tell them, chime in and give me some lab work. 
and mm -hmm. put it on the question next week. Well, in a month, you know, and let, let's answer that. And if it gets too thick into the weeds, I'm just going to tell that person to come see me or, or see somebody. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, we can't. This, yeah, this person needs to see Dr. Mass, honestly. He will go through everything um, and dig up. He'll, he'll find what's going on, for sure. Like you said, if it's something that you don't see, he'll find it. <laughs> I believe he will. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys, this has been great. Thank you so much for for being on today and for answering these questions. and. Before we wrap up, is there any last words you guys have um, for, you know, we plan to do this monthly. We plan to have you guys on, you know, you don't need a search engine, just ask Dr. Miles. And um, it's been really enlightening for me, even personally, to hear these things, because I think we've all kind of suffered. So it's nice to hear there's ways to navigate these, um, these things. Yeah, you know, I just want to put this, this story out there, Kayla, and I think it can relate and I'll be quick. Those three questions that were previously asked, at least two of them sound like they were from females. Okay, and I'm just gonna go out there and tell the viewers the typical person that comes into the office. So it's usually a female because males wait until everything's broken. And this person presents with constipation, maybe a little hair growth above their lip on their arms, acne and mood swings common common symptoms that come into a functional medicine practice and what it, eventually you start digging through you do some lab works you start seeing a pcos type deal you start seeing some estrogen dominance you you further test and you see a low progesterone you see some elevated cortisol which is suppressing their midbrain and every time they look at their phone or they look at screens they get dizzy or their eyes get a little jaded they lose vision and it comes back um this is what i'm seeing a lot and if this sounds like you you I, I would take the guessing out of it because what like what i've said before is this leads you down to excessive cortisol which leads to sporadic dieting coffee energy drinks sugary snacks blood sugar going up and down which is all about your mood swings and then you get into this pre-diabetes state and now you're trying to have kids and you can't have kids because you're, you're so male hormone dominant that your follicles get stimulated, but they can't release the egg. And then you get these cysts on top of your ovaries, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And mm -hmm. it further gets worse and worse because you just, you stress eat. You go down this path of trying to fix things. Then you use a yo-yo diet, you lose 20 pounds. Well, then you put 20 pounds back on because your thyroid is so burnt out from doing these high fasting to carnivore, to paleo, to all these different diets. And then your gut wreaks havoc. And you get a dysbiosis, meaning your bacteria in your gut have had it. A yeast infection moves in, you start getting UTIs, and then all of a sudden you're at your last. You, you can't have kids, you are suffering, you know, you're not yourself, you put on 20 pounds, and you're just you're in a state where you don't know what to do you know and that's and that's what i see a lot and that's what we we need to as a community tell those people that there is hope and to get that out there because the eat sleep and poop is going to get so affected 
if these symptoms go untreated because it leads to a lot of stress it leads to a lot of yo-yo stuff of trying all these new things and then the sad issue is you end up getting put on put on something right mm -hmm. and sometimes antidepressants and these medications are good and they help a lot of people but these people never wanted to be on antidepressants and they never wanted to be told that they're depressed but they've been fighting the fight for so long and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I just want to reach out to those people and say, if any of that story sounded like you, you definitely need to get to somebody that knows what they're talking about. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on Google to get you through it. Although Google has great info. It really does. You know, there's a lot of good info out there. Just some of this gets in over your head and you just make it worse by doing these crazy things to your body that that harm your thyroid or that suppress your female hormone production and see it a lot in guys too but the guys they just wait forever you know and they come in with man boobs they come in with low sex drive and um, they've had diarrhea for the last three months because they're so nervous to tell their wife or their significant other that they're suffering that they internalize all their stress and they've been just their food comes in and 30 minutes late 30 minutes later it's out mm -hmm. so i see this all the time and don't mess around with stuff like that because often it's easy to fix or it just takes time to fix with easy interventions but if you mess around too long you really put your yourself in a pinch mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to leave everybody with that Thank you, thank you, Dr. Miles. How about you, Jody? How's it going? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I believe in everything that Dr. Miles does and how he treats patients. And uh, I'm just, I'm all behind it. I love to listen to him talk about a lot of things that he's already taught me. You know, and it just, it just amazes me. And we just want to educate people, and that's why we've got our nonprofit, you know, People's Rising Academy. And just, just the big part of it is going to be educating you know, teaching people exactly what we're talking about and showing them and then they're going to feel better. So that's our goal. That's amazing. I, I absolutely love that you guys have been on and you guys are talking about the things that many, many of us suffer with at one time in our life or another and, and sometimes chronically. And it's stuff we don't learn in health class. Our seventh grade health class taught us nothing. <laughs> and just learning the basics of how the body functions. Thank you guys again for being on the show. It's been a joy, joy to have you guys both. I am enlightened myself, and I'm sure our listeners will be as well. So thank you guys again. And thank you guys for tuning in to The Wow Factor, where we help you discover your wealth of wellness. Take care, you guys, and we will see you next week.